Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome kings and queens to One Sick B. I am your host, One Sick B. Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive, we don't whine, we whine. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that fights through or faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Mm -hmm. Today, I am so blessed and so honored to have connected with another queen that is thriving and soaring through her symptomatic lupus and her fibromyalgia. I was so blessed with this interview. I came across her on Instagram. Her post stuck out to me because she's always encouraging and just seems so down to earth. And let's just get into it. Welcome Dr. B. Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Mm -hmm. Bly. I can say that y'all can't, but welcome <laughs> Dr. Bly to One Sick B Podcast. How are you today, Queen? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man, thank you for accepting the invitation. <laughs> uh, let's get into it. Um, yes. I'm asking people because COVID is what we're going through. I was going to say, what did you go through during COVID? Well, we're mm -hmm. still in COVID. Right. What have you went through and what are some adversities that maybe you faced and what were the ways that you got out of them? Yeah, I, I just want to acknowledge that COVID has been different for everyone. Yeah. For some people, it was a straight up hurricane storm. For some people, it was, you know, a rainstorm. Like right now, today in Southern California, it's raining, you know, mm -hmm. and for other people, it was just like a little drizzle. So, you know, I don't want with my story to take away from anyone else's experience, you know, no. especially, you know, folks who, you know, experience death of family members and things like that. Yeah. Personally, COVID um, ended up being a sprinkle for me and a shining um, like silver lining. Mm -hmm. I had such uh, a traumatic 2019 personally, professionally, um, you know, changing, you know, careers and, you know, giving birth and having a, a traumatic post-birth experience and mental health uh, issues with my older kiddo and all these things going on. When COVID came around, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was so different because now we were huddled at home Mm -hmm. And my husband was able to work from home. And so he was there to offer more support. That's great. Um, and it was, it was really a blessing. I, I see some uh, memes on like Instagram, Facebook about like, um, a person is like laying down a uh, hand behind their head and looking exhausted. And they're like, you mean to tell me that my everyday life is called quarantine now? <laughs> Like right, this, exactly. this is my everyday life. And so for a lot of people living with chronic medical illnesses, like being in the home and having to say no to social activities, this was our day-to-day -day anyway. Right. And so I feel like with it being mandatory lockdown, shutdown, it was, 
nice to be able to say no to invitations because we all want to stay safe and healthy. And then also um, to be able to like connect with people via Zoom because I have a little social anxiety anyway. So I was like, perfect. (laughs) So for me, I really tried to see like, okay, well, you know, we can't do X, Y, and Z. Well, what can we do? You know, what, what are the, the, um, the moments of gratitude from this huge transition, this huge change in everybody's life? Yes. I I love it. I love it. Uh, definitely. Uh, far as you get the extra support because we, as women, we do all the mommy work by ourselves. So now our husbands can see that this day-to-day job that we're doing so swiftly and looking so remarkable and looking like a <laughs> woman is not always easy. It ain't easy, right? Right, right. it's not yeah. always easy. I would like to spotlight that Dr. Blyde is a licensed clinical psychologist and the founder of Faces of Wellness Center in Claremont, California. But before we get into that great career, first of all, I just want to acknowledge and celebrate that even though she has symptomatic lupus and she has fibromyalgia and she's fighting her own personal battles, her own struggles, she still seeks out to help others. And that's mm-hmm. always important. And that's a selfless act. So Dr. Black, can you please walk me through or tell me when you got diagnosed and if prior to your diagnosis, uh, if you've seen symptoms and the fact that you have symptomatic lupus and fibromyalgia, I'm not sure if that's fair, but that's how God gave us this gift. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think folks who live with chronic illness, they rarely just have one, <laughs> you know, normally it's, you know, and, and not symptomatic, but systemic. Systematic. So, like, I'm yeah. so, I apologize. Oh, systematic. Sy- no, no, systemic. no. I need to clarify it because yeah. our systematic lupus. Systemic. Systemic. Sy- yes. Systemic. I'll let her say the word, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Systemic meaning that it is affecting multiple organs within my system. Um, So there's different types of lupus. There's um, discoid lupus that affects your skin. There's uh, lupus nephritis that affects your kidneys specifically. And there are some other sorts. And then SLE or systemic lupus, I think it's erythematosus, kind of affects everything, you know, joints, skin, um, hair and nails, organs, brain functioning, you know, all that. So, yes. yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. When, where, how mm-hmm. did this diagnosis get discovered? So this was in 2012. I was in my late twenties at that time. I was a single mom of an almost four-year-old and I was in my second year of graduate school in my PhD program. Mm. And I had some symptoms, which I actually thought were diabetes because I had the chronic fatigue. That was the main thing. Okay. The fatigue was, I would be, you know, extremely tired. And it seemed like it was something to do with the food that I consumed. So I would be extremely tired, like exhausted. And then I would eat, um, you know, a certain amount of whatever. And then it seemed like I'll be okay, but there will be some sort of like, you know, precipice that I'd fall over where I'd eat a certain amount or certain type. And then I fall asleep for like four hours. So I'm thinking maybe it's a blood sugar thing because there is diabetes that runs in my family history. And so I go get tested for that. 
I have little aches and pains here and there, but I just, you know, I kind of just ignored it's not that big of a deal versus not being able to like stay up and read a book for class. Right. And so when I got tested for um, diabetes and just went to, went to an internal medicine specialist actually to see what was going on with me. And he said, you know, good news, you know, you don't have diabetes, you don't have HIV. I'm like, I didn't ask you to test for that anyway, but okay. okay. But you do have something going on autoimmune. He was okay. like, and then don't go home and, you know, um, don't go home and Google it, but I'm going to send you to these other specialists. So of course I go home and Google, <laughs> you no, know, what, are, what is autoimmune disease? I had never been heard of anything like that. Okay. So I learned the autoimmune is when your immune system sees your own body's tissues and organs and whatsoever as the threat, as an incoming cold or virus, and it tries to protect the body by attacking those um, things that it sees as a threat. Okay. And so I went to the specialist and I went to a rheumatologist and he had initially, he said, I think you have lupus. He said, you know, there are I think 11 or 13 clinical symptoms. You meet almost all of them. At that point, my white blood cell count was down to almost zero. Mm. Um, I had the, um, the joint pain, the fatigue. I had, you know, um, a number of other symptoms, a positive ANA, anti-nuclear antibodies and all these things. Um, it's like, I think it might be this only way to say for sure is like a spinal tap or something like that. I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I understand. But, um, but he was like, I think this is what's going on for you. And I was like, I rebuked thee in the name of Jesus and I fired him. And <laughs> yes, I rebuke you I and like, that. Right, right. I was like, I reject. Yeah, I do not, you know, take ownership of that. I do not claim mm. that you're not going to speak mm. that over me or whatever. And so I actually dropped out of medical care for six months. Mm. And over that time, like my pain got worse. Um, I actually had a lot of um, personal things going on too. So my stress was higher. Mm -hmm. And so when you know you have the genetic vulnerability and then something will turn on that gene, you know, trauma, stress, those kinds of things, um, things started to get worse for me. So I went to a different doctor <laughs> in a whole different city. And it was just like, I don't have any medical records. <laughs> I don't have any red records. I'm just out here seeing what's going and, on. You know, just, you know, I got a physical or whatever. And then she had done all my labs or whatever. And she came in the room, had my lab results in front of um, her. And she looked up at me and she was like, do you have lupus? And I was like, wow, somebody who knew none of my history. It was just like, this is what I think it is. Again, again, six months later, new city, new everything. And I went in my car and I cried for half an hour. I called my mom and I cried. And I was just like, I cannot believe this because I'm thinking what I'm believing what the internet says, <laughs> which is chronic and debilitating. And then I read this book, um, can't remember the name of the book, but the woman, she had lupus and she ended up um, losing her ability to walk. And I was like, well, wouldn't that be the ult ultimate irony? 
before grad school, I was um, a runway model. So I traveled around the country with Ebony Fashion Fair and- Gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) But, you know, I did all this and I was, you know, in LA Fashion Week and, you know, New York Kennedy Center and all this stuff. And then to lose my ability to walk, you know, in addition to, you know, what's going to happen to my child and all this, I was extremely depressed, extremely hopeless and really not knowing what to do. And I um, come from a Christian faith background. Yes. And so I'm trying to reconcile this diagnosis, this disease, and the pain and the suffering that I'm experiencing it um, with my faith. And if God is a healing God, why is God withholding his healing from me? And I had a family member tell me, um, you know, well, you just got to pray. You just got to pray it away. And if you just prayed, then blah, blah, blah. And then that made me question like, well, am I like, do I not have strong enough faith? Like, you know, what's, what's wrong with right. me? You know, fortunately right. I was in graduate school. I went, I intentionally attended a, a doctorate in um, psychology program that was at a seminary because mm-hmm. I wanted to learn about the, the integration of faith with psychology and help um, specifically the African-American community that has, is very faithful, but has stigma against mental health. Yes, right? definitely. Those, and LGBTQ and everything else that we face girl, in the girl. world. Yes. And how do we address that as African-Americans? Exactly. Exactly. You know, list, uh, what happens in his family stays in his family, sweep it yes. under the rug. And I was working clinically that time um, with um, majority BIPOC folks um, who were living with HIV and AIDS. Okay. And who were majority also Christian, hmm. who still had their faith, but they didn't have their religion. Hmm because of how people who um, identified with, you know, as labeled themselves as Christian were treating them. Yes. Oh, you deserve this diagnosis. You brought this on yourself. I can't touch you. You know, there's so much stigma with HIV and all these things, right? Leprosy, exactly, right? Jesus did the opposite if you really follow the faith. Hmm. But, you know, the point of that was I was in seminary and that gave me the opportunity to really dive deep and figure out like, why, why is, you know, my concept of God, who is a loving God, who is a healing God, why is he at this time being a withholding God, withholding my healing allowing me to suffer. This does not make sense to me. So I use my papers in my class to figure it out. Hmm. And what I found actually has become my motto and it's all over my website. And it's just the words that I live by, which is that my health is not a measure of my faith. Hmm. Your health is not your measure of your faith. Uh, we have poor health, but our faith is so strong. Even stronger. Uh, we, exactly. Um, personally, that's who I run to when uh, Karen Hawthorne has a song called Pray. And yeah. Just when I feel like I'm going to make it, that's when I pray. Mm-hmm. The Lord hears me when I pray. Lord, all I can mm-hmm. do is pray. Yes. Exactly. 
That is it. Uh, So to have that faith is just, and that's like you said, that's what you live off of. That's how you've been raised. So you question certain attacks that come at you. Right. Um, Right. That's beautiful. I I love that you, uh, that you said your health is not a measure of your faith, correct? Yes. Yes. And, And what I learned along with that is that what I was being told was actually a toxic theology. Mm. That is not in line with the Bible, with the biblical text, although it's preached and it's teached and it's, you know, said in circles that, oh, if you just pray, you can pray it away. And oh, if you had enough faith, that is not what the Bible says, because guess who asked for suffering to be taken away? Mm. And God said, nope, there's a lot of examples of it, actually, including God himself. Mm. Jesus, the son said, if there is any way, Lord, for you to take this cup from me anyway, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy, thy will be done. Hmm. And when Amen. we look at Paul, we look at Paul, Amen. one of the most faithful servants went from Saul killing Christians to Paul and righteous and, you know, yes, all that stuff, right? Definitely. And he had this thorn in the flesh, you know, and scholars, they can't identify what that was. It could have been a disability. It could have been autoimmune. It could have been some sort of temptation or something. We don't know, but there was something that kept him oppressed and weak and suffering. He had this thorn in the flesh and he, if anybody got their prayers answered after Jesus would have been Paul. He said, Lord, please take this from me. God was like, yeah, no. Mm -mm." And then he was like, okay, uh, I don't think you heard me right. Like, you remember me? I'm your boy. I'm I'm, I'm your boy. I'm your main guy. I've been out here serving you. Do you know all these people that I didn't brought to you that I didn't told of your goodness that I'm witness, you know, like, just go ahead and take this from me and I can continue doing what you want me to do. God, the second time said, no. He asked again, God said, no, because my strength, God's strength is perfected in your weakness. Hmm. And that's what I started to see over my life. That God's strength has been perfected in my weakness. God's goodness, God's power, his, he is in control. And I say, you know, he just for generalities, but you know, God is genderless, Yes, you know, but, but God is sovereign and he is mighty and he's able to show up that way because I can't do everything. Because I have limited and finite power and energy and all the things. We see my question was going to be, how do you get through it? Hmm. You said your faith. What is your strength? Your faith. Yeah. What would you say would be your weakness that you pray on? Since your mm. faith is what brings you through. So what is your weakness? Girl, you- same thing. My faith. <laughs> yeah, because you, you know, see there, a difference. Yes, there's, there's a verse that says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. 
-hmm. it would be unrealistic to think that all the time we could be like, okay, I'm good. I'm hopeful, all that, because guess what? When a new pain hit or a new added diagnosis is on, or now you got a new symptom, it's just like, really? Okay, I I had went through the grieving process. I went through the acceptance process and I'm, I'm starting to manage and be able to navigate this. And now boom, something else. Now boom, death of a family member. Now boom, you know, lost this stability or whatever the case might be. And so there's fluctuations, it's waves in our faith. Sometimes it's strong and sometimes I got to put on that gospel music and tell myself the truth, encourage myself. And so just being realistic with that is so important. Mm. My, my, my. (laughs) I want to know, how does Dr. B... Mm-hmm. after all day helping people in their certain situations with ADHD or mm-hmm. any battle, how does Dr. B unwind mm-hmm. and celebrate Dr. B? What do you do to celebrate yourself? And how do you celebrate yourself? Because outside of that, you're a mother and you're a wife. Those yeah. tasks are not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you? Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't think I do a good enough job of celebrating myself. And you need to start. Yeah, thank you. To be very, very honest and frank. But how do I unwind? How do I decompress? You know, I think that I've gotten, you know, some skills and some tools to do that. Like first, in between every client that I see, I put on my um, uplifting music. I put on my reminders of who I am my identity, my strength, and my purpose. So that's like the main thing. At the end of each day, I disrobe. Mm. So I literally and figuratively take off the day Mm. so that I can move into my other responsibilities as mom and as wife. And then I I do- disrobing too at the end of the day. (laughs) girl I mean fully I take off everything I'm I'm, two o'clock in the afternoon girl everything is going in the dirty clothes I'm trying to tell you I have no problem with all of that just being free and being comfortable and just loving uh India Ari has a song where she says I'm gonna take all my clothes off look at myself in the mirror and have a conversation about where the disconnection begins Ooh, yeah 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 definitely and and when I heard that song when she first put it out, shout out to Indy Ari. Uh, mm-hmm. When she first put that song out, um, it resonated with me. Uh, mm-hmm. Like she said, I'm going to take my clothes off, look at myself in the mirror and have a conversation about where the disconnection begins. Wow. Powerful. Um, wow. Let's get started into this amazing career you have. Mm-hmm. Can you please give us an insight on how you started this wellness center yeah. How you soar through this wellness center, how the people yeah. that you're bringing to this wellness center, what can me and one sick B and the other one sick Bs that are listening to it or other people help you to raise awareness for your wellness center and about you and what you're offering our community, African-Americans, minorities, mm-hmm. parents, uh, parents that have kids, uh, parents that are soaring through relationship, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, you have regular relationship problems as a, as an adult and yeah. how do you 
get into all that. What do you mm-hmm. bring everything that you offer, what you've already brought so much mm-hmm. to this podcast episode, please bring to me and put on your ta- on the table yeah. everything that's offered so that they can connect with you. Yeah, so I started this wellness center, um, this business to be able to help people who are like me who are trying to figure out life with multiple chronic medical illnesses because there's no handbook there's no you know guide you know you go to the physician and the physician's going to give you information on the medical part but then when it comes to the mental which is huge and impacts the medical part because the mind body health and wellness connection where, where are the resources for that? So I've, I've put together the things that I've learned and that have helped me to be able to package that and offer that to others. So that includes therapy, get your mind right. Because as a man or woman thinketh, so is she. Hmm. So and I believe in therapy. Yeah. So a lot of people don't within our community, but I do. It's the tide is changing. The tide is is changing where people are starting to see the value of it, the value of having someone who is objective and trained outside of your household yes. to tell you how to deal with your household. Okay, because in the right way. Right, the right, right, right. You probably should have slapped <laughs> the doctor that says, let's sit back and talk about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, what you've been doing ain't been working, so why not try something new, right? Yes. But in addition to that, it's mind-body therapies. So uh, chair yoga which is yoga, but while you seated in a chair, because there are a lot of people who do have balance issues and mobility issues, but they still need physical activity. So I got a certification in that. Yes. So many of our chronic illness warriors, our spoonies have that issue. And so uh, what the, the research shows is that if you have exercise, anything that gets your heart beating, um, that increases endorphins, which are the natural happy chemicals that also produce it, increases your body's um, production of different neurochemicals, the serotonin, and the dopamine that are going to help with depression and anxiety. And it also produces something called BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor. This mm. is a protein that binds around cells that have been previously damaged by stress. Wow. And it starts to heal from the inside out. And so that's what yes. yoga that, No, that's yoga? with any kind of exercise. Okay. Anything okay. that gets your heart going. Okay. So yes, let's do gentle movements. Let's do yoga that's based in the chair that's going to be able to help with that. Okay. In addition to that, there's biofeedback, which is feedback or information on your biology. So you're doing breath work, you're doing mindfulness training and how to do that slow belly breath. But at the same time, you're connected to a device that gives you information on um, the, the milliseconds between heartbeats mm. to be able to give you a, a measurement of how healthy your body is on the inside and how quickly you can respond and adapt to stress which means, which is related to, um, it's called coherence. Better coherence means lower levels of inflammation and uh, less complications from uh, your illnesses that you are dealing with and less pain. 
So biofeedback is another therapy. Plus, since so many of us chronic illness warriors have histories of trauma, I have trauma-focused interventions, including brain spotting, including EMDR, including uh, cognitive processing therapy. And because I am one person and very limited and finite in my time, I can't have, you know, 20 clients a week or, you know, or all that. So I'm actually developing an app based um, uh, resource for people to be able to get these interventions at their fingertips Mm. without having to book me individually. And that's going to be coming out in 2022. Yeah. And and I will have that app, the first one, and I will be posting that on my uh, One Sick B podcast, Facebook, my One Sick B Twitter, my One Sick B uh, Instagram. So please keep along, keep along and uh, follow along, should I say, and stay tuned for that. And also, uh, definitely, uh, Dr. Blight will give you her information at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we, we want access for people to be able to self-manage while they're also using other treatments, other interventions to be able to, to live their best life. So faces of health, there's intention um, with that name, Faces of Health Wellness Center. Because when you think about healthy, typically you think about someone who's in the magazine, someone who's, you know, really buff and fit and someone, you know, at the least who has good lab results, (laughs) you know, when you, you you know, get down good MRI, right, right, exactly. But, you know, my motto is there are many faces of health and let's see what yours looks like. Because per lab results, I may not be quote unquote healthy. However, my life is so much richer than so many others who do have healthy lab results because I am appreciating today in this moment because I realize how short life is and how precious it is that I actually am there mentally and physically with my children versus a lot of people are there physically, but their mind is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I'm actually appreciating, you know, the smell, the roses or whatever. Those mindful moments come upon me and I'm like, wow, thank you, God, because tomorrow is not promised. And that is no more um, in your face and salient than it is for people who, have their livelihoods threatened by living with chronic illnesses. I guess. I mean, I'm. I'm... Mm-hmm. Dr. Blyde, uh, you already explained what this battle has taught you. Uh, what mm-hmm. advice do you have for somebody who's going through these battles? or is just getting diagnosed or just in life? What advice do you have for them? Yeah, I say to remember the bigger picture. So when you're first diagnosed and you are struggling with anxiety and depressive thoughts and a lot of questions and wondering, that can easily take up the most space in your head. 
And I think about it like when you watch CNN or the Weather Channel, you have the main broadcasters and that's the main part of the screen, but then you also have the ticker tape at the bottom of the screen. And the ticker yeah. tape is like the world news or the world weather or whatever the case might be. I don't want anyone to try to um, squash or um, suppress those anxious thoughts, you know, because then it's just going to surface in your health. It's just going to surface with high blood pressure and other things. Acknowledge them. They're there, but let them be the ticker tape. Mm. So it's there. It's kind of like a, a, a running headline or scrolling, but it's not the bigger picture. I want for each person that bigger picture, the main broadcast to be, what are my values? How can I make a message out of this mess? What is my purpose? Still, even with this diagnosis, even with these limitations, even with the ways that my life has had to change. And, um, you know, I, it just reminds me of a couple of sayings from my mentors over the years. One is um, Dr. Jeff Bjork said, um, embrace your limitations as God's gifts. Mm. And I'm like, wow, there's been so many times that I've had to make that my main picture, rem reminding myself like, hey, there's meaning and purpose and value even to this. Another one of my mentors, Dr. Claudia Kernan said, do what you can, well. So I can't, you know, run after my kid and, you know, do a soccer mom and all this stuff or whatever. I can't be out in the middle of the day in the sun because of my, you know, sun sensitivity or whatever, but I will do what I can do. Mm. And what I can do, I will do that with excellence. Mm. And I will do that to the glory of God. Do what you can well. Let go of the other stuff. Don't let that be the bigger picture. Let that be the ticket tape. It's there, but it's not your focus. And, and just live, live your values. I'm at awe and you fulfilled the questions that I was going to ask and you even... I love it just hearing you flow, your wisdom, your knowledge, your articulation, your education, your faith. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any less or any more that I want to say or spotlight. I asked you about your business. I want you to give out information on your business. Can you please tell uh, my listeners how they can get in touch with this beautiful queen of God? Thank you so much. You can find me at drblyde.com and that's spelled D as in David, R as in Robert, B as in Bravo, L as in Lima, I as in India, E as in Echo, D as in David, drblied.com. You can also find me on social media channels at Dr. Blyde. That's TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and I look forward to connecting with you all. This is my favorite part of my podcast. When I came up with One Sick B, it was during a bad MS flare-up. And mm -hmm. in the middle of my flare-up, all I could think of was how I could help other autoimmune 
warriors as well as people go through these battles and to know and to give them a reason to fight. And me, Brandy, one sick B, certified one sick B is what I call myself, would mm -hmm. like to certify you, Dr. Blyde. Uh, Dr. Blyde, you are a strong individual that has faced mm -hmm. and fought unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Yes. So I, Brandy, one sick B, certify you, Dr. Blyde, one sick B. And thank you, kings and queens, for listening to One Sick B podcast. And Dr. Bly, thank you for coming on and giving me more than what I could even ask for. I appreciate it. I'm new in the game. All I had to offer was to tell you that you are awesome and that mm -hmm. I wanted to salute you and I wanted to certify you. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Thank you. I am so, so grateful. Yeah. And thank you, kings and queens, for listening to this awesome, amazing episode of One Sick B. you know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform when you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more let's not forget that god sent the strongest soldiers to war like god sent the strongest soldiers to war every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform and when you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more let's not forget that god sent the strongest soldiers to war like god sent the strongest soldiers to war